Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brian with Way In Sports Talk. Uh, special afternoon edition. If you're in the East Coast, if you're on the West Coast, this is still the morning hour. So welcome to the show. The NFL free agency is the main thing on the agenda today. And Cuervo will be with me shortly. We'll be discussing all the free agent moves and how this is going to affect the, the draft coming up and how it's going to affect certain teams. Some big names mentioned in some of these trades, so we're gonna we're gonna go through those. But let's not forget one thing. Right now is March Madness. The conference tournaments are kicking off today. Right now the ACC is playing, but tonight, you know, the SEC. These are the worst teams in each conference playing this early. So the the better teams will start playing on Thursday and Friday. So. If you love basketball in this time of year, you have to tune in because you never know that team that's playing on Wednesday when they're just going to sneak up and, and maybe make the championship game or win the whole thing. And if, if you're a bubble team out there, that's your worst fear is somebody like an Auburn or somebody like a Mississippi State getting hot, Florida at the right time and just win, running through a tournament. Because you, I know Kentucky – Right now in the SEC is the unbeatable team, it looks like. But how interested are they going into this tournament knowing that they're a definite locked-in number one overall seed? So it, it kind of can play tricks on a young team. So I'm just interested to see what kind of intensity they play with. you got to remember they're 31-0. They don't know what it's like to lose. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to come out hungry and wanting to win this and finish 40-0. and But you, you never know the mindset of a bunch of young kids. Because I mean, if you're 31 and 0, you're 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 knocking on the door at 40 and 0, but it's going to be tough to to get to 40 and 0 with a tournament like this. But we have Senior Cuervo on the line with us from the West Coast now in California, moved from Chicago. Cuervo, welcome to the show. How's everything going? Tarvino, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Man. I'm overwhelmed with all this these NFL moves going on, man. I mean, some make me scratch my head. I mean, but but there's some there's a lot of action going on for March in the NFL. Uh, and you know what? It's like that every year. I mean, it's 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 the best part of the well, besides the draft. I mean, and the NFL, even though the season's over, it's still exciting until mid-May, and then that's when, to me, that's when the dead time really happens. You know, because the draft is over, all the free agents have signed, all the trades that are going to happen for the most part already have happened. So once you get to mid-May, all the way until the end of July, that's—I mean—that that two and a half two and a half month span, that's the deadest time of the of the year, really, for the NFL. So in reality, I don't know. It's I don't know. Where, you never, you, you never know when these guys are going to going to hit their mothers, hit their wives, and, and do some crazy stuff. If, if I'm the NFL owner and uh, NFL fan, this scares me more than anything those couple of months during the summer right there where these guys are not, you know, doing anything. They're not at training camp. They're they're on their own free time. Some of these guys don't know how to handle that. 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, that, and that's the, uh, you know, that's the negative effect of the of that that time frame is, you know, even though there's nothing going on as far as from the business point of the draft and all that stuff, that you know, it, it probably does happen where these owners are just waiting for a phone call. These GMs, these head coaches, they're just waiting for that phone call to say, hey, you know, so and so got arrested for domestic violence or DUI or got caught with drugs or, or something stupid. And, you know, it's the most stressful time, but it's the quietest too. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, this, this free agent moves right now and, and teams trading with each other. Uh, Cuervo, the, the number one name I want to ask you about and your thoughts, the Seattle Seahawks come out of nowhere and sign Jimmy Graham. I mean, does it, I mean, you know, Russell Wilson didn't have many weapons at all. Seattle made it to the Super Bowl with the run game and defense. How dangerous does this Seattle team become with a tight end that's unguardable <laughs> like Jimmy Graham? Uh, well, you know, a lot, a lot of people are, are already saying that they're going to make it to the third straight Super Bowl. And I wouldn't go that far because, you know, I'm sure there's some teams that they're not done wheeling and dealing yet, but, um, you know, I, I like the trade for both sides. At first, my initial reaction was, you know, how stupid are the Saints to let Jimmy Graham just walk, not necessarily walk away, but how could you just easily trade him so bad? And then I realized what they got in return. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it actually, it's a, it's a trade. It's a good trade for both squads in reality. And depending on what New Orleans does with that first-round pick that they got from Seattle, um, could really benefit them. Now, from what I'm reading and things like that, that pick is probably going to go to something on the defensive side, whether it's drafting a linebacker, something in the secondary, whatever they get. I'm pretty sure they're going to use that, that Seattle pick for something on defense, and that's what they need to improve the most. So um, yeah. I think this, this could really work out for both teams. Russell Wilson now has a legitimate target that he can – that he can throw to, um, you know, if they're in the Super Bowl again at the one, I don't think you're going to see the same result as we saw last month. Uh, so, and, and that was the Seattle's biggest problem. I mean, not no disrespect to Marshawn Lynch, but you got to find other ways to, to score in the red zone. You know, you can't, can't just be Lynch, Lynch, Lynch. You got to find other ways to put the ball in the end zone uh, when you're in the red zone and, and, a better way than having a big guy in Jimmy Graham and all pro tight end. Then you look at the Saints. I kind of don't know. I understand a little bit of what they're trying to do, but to re-sign Mark Ingram, a running back that gets you about a yard of carry maybe. I don't know his, his stats, but he hasn't been productive in the several years he's been in New Orleans Saints. Why now? Why are they wanting him back on the team? I mean, are they wanting – I mean, I, I guess it looks like they're going to try to improve that running game a little bit and not rely on the pass so much because when you're trying to improve on defense, the last thing you want to do is have a pass-happy offense, really. Yeah, and you know what? I think with Ingram, Tarvin, I think they fell in love with the season he had last year. I believe he – I don't know if he hit the 1,000-yard mark, but he had the best season of his career, if I'm not mistaken. He had, he had a good career. You know, and I mentioned it in the preseason. It looked like he had slimmed down. Uh, he looks a little quicker. He looks like he's in better shape. And Ingram could have a good season. He wind up having one of his best seasons so far. And I think Nor, I think the Saints fell in love with the fact that he 
played so well. And uh, But, you know, Ingram played it perfectly. It was a contract year for him. He said, you know what, I'm going to do everything I need to do to uh, to have a, have a good year and, and maybe get an extension or, or you know, somebody's going to sign me for a decent paycheck. And, I mean, the Saints were the ones that, that bid on that on that bait. And, um, you know, and, and as a result, he gets the contract and Pierre, Pierre Thomas gets shown the door. Yeah, and, 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 you know, one thing about Mark Ingram, just say if he has, you know, turned the curve here, he's, he's going to start playing like the Mark Ingram people expected out of college. You think about it, I would rather have Mark Ingram right now, if I'm the Saints, than I would go draft some rookie that really hasn't proven anything yet. And you have to look at Ingram. He doesn't have that much mileage, does he? I mean, he didn't. He doesn't carry the ball a lot. So for four years, maybe he learned the playbook and maybe – you know, he got better, improved, lost weight. But Ingram could be one of those rookies that you want on your fantasy team this year. Or not rookie, but one of those running backs you want on your fantasy team this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that can you can plug in, you know, for uh, for your starters on a bye week and things like that. He might get you some decent, uh, you know, decent fantasy points. But speaking of running backs, Tarvin, uh, we, we, we just had another running back signed with a team. So uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but – I guess breaking news uh, on on your show. Uh, Ryan Matthews has agreed to a three year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know how good of a signing that is, though, Tarvin, because you know Matthews he's not he's not the healthiest guy, but um, you know that that I guess that's Plan B after they struck you know they struck out on landing Frank Gore. Well, I would rather have Ryan Matthews than Frank Gore, Cuervo. Am I crazy for that? Well, I mean, he's younger. I don't know if that's, if that's your Kelly's reason why you'd rather have him. Well, I just think he's more versatile than – Gore's pretty old, isn't he? I mean, for a running back, he, he has the miles on him as well, right? He he does. Um, you know, I mean, San Francisco ran him through the dirt. So, yeah, he's a, he's a little <laughs> more fresh than, than Gore is. And, um, you know, the only – it's just, you know, can he – I mean, think about this with with the with the amount of knee injuries that Ryan Matthews has had throughout his career, and now he's about to go to a high tempo offense like like Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. Is he going to play? I don't, I'll even say, can he can he go thirteen games this year for the Eagles? You know, I mean, that, I think that's a realistic question to ask. Well, Corvo, I know there's a lot of Eagles fans, and not a, you know some that I've spoken with, they're panicking about. Chip Kelly trading away some of their best uh, talent and everything, but are you worried about Chip Kelly in an offense? I mean, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm happy knowing that Chip Kelly can turn crap into gold on the offensive side of the ball. And I heard Colin Coward talking about this. The defensive side of the ball is what Chip Kelly needs to work on more than the offense. But I want to bring up a topic to you right now, and I'm sure you have some comments. Stephen A. Smith calling – Chip Kelly a racist? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about Stephen Smith every time a black player gets gets cut or traded that the guy's a racist. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, it, 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 honestly, Tarvin, I, I, I'm one of the very few people, I think, within the, you know, the, the blog talk family that we have with guys like Sonny and, and the scorekeeper and the big dog. I think I'm probably the only guy that actually 
like Stephen A. Smith, and the reason I like him is because his, you know, how do I say this? What he talks about sometimes <laughs> is legit, and what I mean by that is, you know, he was the guy before anybody else called it, and this is just an example, uh, when the big three in Miami formed up with LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, he started talking about that before anybody else did. And he saw that one coming. So, in my opinion, what I like about him is he can see things coming at times before anybody else can. So it's kind of like you get the you get the inside scoop on things before anybody else does, as long as you believe what he's he's saying. But this is getting old, you know. As far as you know, this person's racist, and it's all about he's trading black players away and things that. I mean that that to me it's it's getting old already, and and and. You know, people are going to start to tune him out, and you know, which if they haven't already. So, um, as much as I like Stephen A. Smith, when he starts bringing up race, it's like, okay, I'm I'm changing the channel. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and listen to this crap. You know, and and I and I just think, you know, the, 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 you can only play that card so often. You can only play it so much. Um, you know, and nine times out of ten. It's not even it's not even a legit argument. It's just mm-hmm. people just talking. You know, it's just it's just talk. So well, after him being suspended know, before, don't don't you think that that he would uh, kind of tone that down a little bit? This seems like to me he hasn't learned his lesson. And if if Chip Kelly is a racist, then have evidence and proof that he's a racist. I mean, I don't see anything that would show Chip Kelly is a racist. I mean. If he is, let's call him out for it and, and prove he is. But to me, that's slander, man. I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to sit on a, a platform like ESPN and and try to destroy a person's name and reputation. I'm sorry, I'm tired yeah, of that. Yeah, no, and 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 you're right though, Tarvin. Because if if he truly was, I mean, look at, I mean, Oregon would be nothing but white guys on their team right now. You know, from all the guys that he recruited when he was the head coach. I mean, DeAnthony Thomas would have went to another school. Um, you know, even Mariota. Mariota's not white. He's uh, he's uh, Polynesian or Hawaiian, whatever. So he never would have recruited Mariota to go to Oregon. So, to you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring if you're gonna pull that card, you have to have some hard evidence. And saying that they traded away LaShawn McCoy and they let Jeremy Macklin go and they let Deshaun Jackson go. To me, it was more of a, a business decision than it was anything. I mean, I, I think we could all agree on that. It was just, it was just business decision. You know, I mean, so, but I, you know what I think it is too is a lot of people are going to bring up the whole, well, how come he didn't, you know, cut Riley Cooper after he said the N word on, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, that, that to me, that, that's, that's not enough to sit here and say that he's a racist. So, I mean, if if the University of Oregon had nothing but white football players and he cut every single African-American on the Eagles or he traded them away, then I can see that. Then I could be like, okay, there, there's something there, but not for those three guys. I mean, those guys, first of all, Deshaun Jackson is a drama queen, okay? McCoy... At times, 
you know, would kind of hint around the meet with the media that he wasn't happy in Philadelphia. So, I mean, it's it's not like he, he loved playing for Chip Kelly. And then with, with Macklin, I don't know what happened with Macklin. Maybe he just wanted too much money, whatever the case may be. But but to me, that that's what – that's what I mean, if you're going to bring that up, Look at look at Oregon. I mean, it, the, the team is diverse. You have you have all different races on that football team, and those are Chip Kelly's recruits. And racists are not. Chip Kelly wants to win. He gets paid, and he makes the most money the more games he wins. Do you think he's going to let his best players go due to, hey, I don't like black people, so I'm just going to cut these guys? No. I mean, these coaches are the most selfish people in the world. They want to win. And no matter what their beliefs are, they're going to go against that to win. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, these guys want to win. They get paid. If Chip Kelly goes 4-12 uh, and 12 the next couple of years, he's out. I mean, he, he's not going to have a job anymore. He wants to win. So I think when Belichick does it, it's okay. You know, he can he can get rid of all his superstars and nobody says anything. But now Chip Kelly's trying to do it. Now he's a racist. Yeah, I mean, look at the past, look at the past 48 hours. I mean, Darrell Revis leaves to go back to New York. Vince Wolfork gets cut. Um, you know, they they uh the Shane Vereen goes to the New York Giants. All those guys are African American. I guess Belichick's he's 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 racist too, right? I mean it, it just it it's I think it, it what it is is people don't like the fact that Chip Kelly is such a threat to the NFL and he's he's a He's a um, what? What's the word I'm looking for? He's a guy that he's modernized the game, really. I mean, because coaches like Belichick and Urban Meyer go to him for offensive advice, and you know he's a guy that is changing the game, so to speak. And people don't like change. See, that's the problem. People don't like change, and they like their traditional, um, you know, type guys, and that's. That's what Chip Kelly is not, and he's not a very vocal guy. But you know, he lets his work show, he speak for himself. So I think that's what you get with Chip Kelly, and and, and for whatever reason, people don't like it. Well, look at look at Sam Bradford now, Cuervo coming over to the Eagles. I mean, to me, and I know I don't know if you're a Bradford fan or not, but I think he's a better quarterback than Bolt. I do. I think he's a better name. He's a he's more of a, like a blue blood of, of college football when he was there. Nick Foles was just an average Arizona Pac-12 quarterback. But Bradford coming over, yeah. if he stays healthy, how dangerous could they be this year if he is the quarterback? You know what, Todd? I'll be honest with you. This trade didn't make much sense to me. And I say that because Sam Bradford, uh, is he the better quarterback and when he's healthy, yeah, he can be. But is he is he a is he the better fit? I I don't I don't know about that about that. I mean, is Bradford a a fit for Chip Kelly's system? And I think that's the reason why people scratch their head, and I'm, you know, including myself, as to what the reason behind this trade was. I mean. I mean, do you really see Sam Bradford being a guy that can run that style of offense? Nope. I mean, I, I just nope. don't. I, so I wanted to trap you, you know, with that, man. Yeah, I mean, and, well, <laughs> you're probably upset because it didn't work. But, um, 
Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, now they're going to use Bradford as trade bait. I don't know that. I don't know how true that is. But, you know, if that if that is the case, I mean, what team would bite on it? What team would be willing to say, yeah, we'll take him, even though you just traded for him three weeks ago or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I just – I mean, to me, the, the trade didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And I, I think – I think, I think the winner quarterbacks is, needed – don't you? Uh-huh. I think a dual threat quarterback's needed in that offense to make it go. Chip Kelly, you look at his past, where both you've had Mariota, you had Dennis Dixon, those type of quarterbacks that can get it done on the ground and through the air. I, I just Bradford, he's about as mobile as Peyton Manning and and uh, Tom Brady, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's got a you know a, a bad knee. I mean. I, I I can't remember if it was – I think it was the same knee that uh, – the same ACL that was torn two years in a row. So, you know, that right there, that's – to me, that's what didn't make sense about it is you get an unhealthier, a little bit older, and more expensive quarterback in Sam Bradford, uh, and you gave away, you know, a guy in Nick Foles who knows the system already. So, to me, it just – that one just didn't make any sense. Now, where where – the Eagles, and I don't remember the, the who got what draft picks, but maybe the Eagles win in that in that aspect as far as like, well, we got the better you know draft picks in return or whatever. But I don't know. I, I just to me it, that one didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, speaking of didn't I mean doesn't make much sense. We you I've seen you comment on this. The New York Jets. They're trying to load up their roster, but but you look at that quarterback position. I mean, and, and is it fair to say I don't care what you have around you on defense or offense? If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win that division or make the playoffs. That that's exactly what that, and that's exactly why I, I had said the way I did. You know, hey, you know the Jets they they trade for Brandon Marshall, they bring back Darrell Revis, um, you know they they get Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, is that the answer at quarterback, though? It's like, you know, that's great. You know, you're beefing up the rest of the roster, and they might be bringing Antonio Cromartie back by the end of the day today. Geno Smith is still your quarterback. You know, you're addressing everything but the most important position on your football team. So, I mean, unless, unless they truly believe that Geno Smith is their quarterback. Now, you know what? With that being said, Tarvin, if if the Eagles, you know, with with the move that they made, if they would if they would have traded with anybody, they should have traded with the Jets for Geno Smith. He's more of a dual threat than Sam Bradford is. So if you're going to trade with anybody, or I'm sorry, yeah, with 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 St. Louis, you know why didn't they why didn't they go after Geno Smith in New York? I don't know. Maybe maybe the Jets weren't interested in the trade, but to me that would have made more sense than you know bringing uh, you know Bradford over from from St. Louis. I'll tell you what, Cuervo. Here and Fisher lie all summer, and 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 they are all off season so far. And Bradford's our guy, and then trades him. I'm tired of these coaches that lie. I mean, they, people say, oh, it's okay. They're just talking. No, I mean, he lied to everybody about Bradford. Now he gets rid of it. What kind of message does that send 
to everybody about your words. That that really bothered me. It's a business. It's a business. Yeah. I mean, you know, in today's age, it's not a, it's not about a man's word anymore. It's about it's about dollar bills, and it's about <laughs> winning, and, and and that's that is the the nature of, and that's how rough, and how how raw this business can be. I mean, one day, what I mean, one day you could be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And, and and swear up and down you're loyal to them, and then a week later you're at a press conference in Tuscaloosa saying, you know, I, I'm I, I'm excited to be here and I couldn't be more happier. All right, that's a shot at Nick Saban, but hey, that's the reality. That's what happened. So, you know, I mean, a man a man's word means nothing now. It, it's 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 all about the business point of it and 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 what's best for for you and and. You know, what's going to make them the most money? And that's why Revis left New England. He traded a ring for for a suitcase full of guaranteed money. And, you know, I guess everybody's priorities are different, Tarvin, but if if I had the opportunity to be a Patriot, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving that opportunity. You know, I want to win rings, man. Like, that's what it's all about. You know, money comes and goes, but... When you have rings and you have you have memories of, of, of being successful and, and you can say I was a winner when I when I played, to me that that's something that doesn't go away. Money comes and goes, but championships there I mean, that's on your name forever. So but you know everybody I mean, Cuervo, Cuervo, I'm gonna ask you a question. Would you rather have two hundred million dollars at the end of your career playing with Jacksonville and never sniffing the playoffs, or would you rather have $120 million and played with the Patriots and won all those Super Bowls? $80 million difference. Is there really a difference between $120 and $200 million? Well, I mean, yeah, there is a difference. But, you know, what are you going to how, – how are you going to be remembered? You know, and I'm not trying to sound like Vince Lombardi here, but how are you going to be remembered? <laughs> When your career is said and done, I mean, when you talk about some of the greats of all time, you you know, it's it's always the same names that get brought up. Why? It's because those guys made a lasting memory on on their legacy. You know, and and if you want to measure greatest of all time based on how much money they made, then you know, I mean, first of all, you're you're dumb, but second. You know, Montana wouldn't be there. Uh, Bradshaw wouldn't be there. Uh, Brady wouldn't be there. I mean, how many times has Tom Brady taken pay cuts to help improve the team? You know, that that tells you right there that that, that guy doesn't care about how much money he has at the at the end of his. I mean, if you're smart, you can you can make five million bucks a year and make that last for the rest of your life as an NFL player. And, and win championships. So, you know that that's. It, it, hey, that, Cuervo, I, I'm tired of hearing, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We cut out for. No, what I was going to say is, you know, you got some guys that they chase the money, and you know why they chase the money? Because they don't know how to manage it. They don't know how to. They don't know how to spend it. I mean, they're. I mean, they're just. You know, like Floyd Mayweather. When you see him in. In his little in his little videos, and he's passing out hundred dollar bills. Like, 
I know he's got money for the, you know, for generations, but, you know, well, who's to say one day that he's not going to be filing for bankruptcy? You know, there's a lot of guys that it happens to. You got to be, you got to be wise. You got to be smart with your money. You know, guys that make five million bucks a year, there's no reason why you would need you need more than that as long as you're smart with your money. And yeah, you know, guys that yeah, you got guys like Revis who, if he fulfills this contract, Tarvin, do you realize if Darrell Revis fulfills this contract, okay, by the time he's 35 years old or however old he's going to be, 37, um, he would have made over 150 million dollars in the NFL, and has one, and he'll have he'll probably only have one ring to show for it. Because they're not gonna, he's not gonna win in New York. He's just not. He's not gonna win in New York. And he knows that. He knows that. He 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 wants the money. And and I heard Colin Coward say this, Cuervo. And you mentioned that you mentioned the names of Super Bowl quarterbacks, right? How many? Do you think these players, like defensive players, receivers? I mean, you you never talk about how many rings Jerry Rice had or how many rings Randy Moss has. Is that just a quarterback thing that people are judging on rings? So if you're a defensive player and you want a ring, you're not going to be remembered by that because nobody ever talks about defensive player with rings. They only talk about the quarterback. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that, 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 is, that is a good point. You know, when you talk about Super Bowls, it, it only applies to the quarterbacks. Um, that's because, you know, when it comes to statistics, that's the only position that you have a win-loss record as well. And when we don't talk about, you know, uh, Patrick Willis, you know, who just retired all of a sudden, you know, well, as a, as the starting middle linebacker for the 49ers, he was, you know, 55 and 25 or however many games he played. Like, you don't think about that stuff. What as a defensive player, it's, you're measured by, you know, Pro Bowls and and and. Um, you know, how many sacks you had and, and, and stuff like that. But you know what? In the back of your mind, you, you, it does – you do tend to think about it. You know, Ray Lewis had two Super Bowl rings and, and um, you know, some of the greats of all time. Sometimes it does play a factor, but, um, you know, I get, again, it's just, it just goes back to your, your priorities, I, I suppose, so – you know, but but it's a good point. You know, quarterback is the only position where that's like the, one of the first things you bring up is how many rings they have. Yeah, and and we know Rev, Revis just decided. You know what? You mentioned his age. I'm at the end of my career. I have a ring. So I mean, is there a difference between one and two in his mind? That's what you have to think. But. If I'm at his age and and I need money, maybe I haven't managed my money appropriately, and finally I learned how. Yeah, I'm gonna chase the money and go to New York. I mean, honestly, I would as a player, but you know, as a competitor, I want to win too. I just don't want to go out there and risk my life for a, a two and fourteen team, Cuervo. And yeah, and, and you know what? And, that, and that's it right there. That you know that that's what it really comes down to is is the sacrifice that you make every Sunday. Okay, to to play the game of football and to go out there and win two games, you know, five games a year or whatever. To me, right there, that's when you that's when you have to really question the value of what you do as an NFL player. And, and no matter what, whether it's the center, whether it's the fullback, 
or if it's the starting, you know, how do you measure the value of what you do every, you know, every year as a player? Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth the money to go to a team that doesn't win and doesn't have a chance to win? Is it worth the money to, you know, take a little bit less, but you'll have lasting memories of, of being a Super Bowl champion? You know, it, so... I mean, will you be remembered for how many rings you have? Not necessarily, but see, but as an analyst, as a fan, and things like that, there's so many players, Tarvin, that 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 go through the league and they come in and out. That's why we don't sit there and and you know talk about everybody's rings and things like that because there's so many players to to talk about. But as the player, you know. What what are you going to remember through your time when you played? You know, are you going to remember, oh, man, look at all these $100 bills I have stashed away? Or, <laughs> hey, you know, oh, I remember this Super Bowl ring, you know, from this year. And, oh, yeah, this you know, this year this happened. And it just, for me, that's more valuable than anything is, is the time you invested while you played, okay, is it, to me – yeah, it doesn't pay the bills. The time doesn't pay the bills. But, you know, at least when you're 40, you know, when you're 50 years old and you sit back and you watch, you know, the NFL on Red Zone or however you're going to watch the game when you retire, you know, at least your memories won't be, you know, man, we went we went 5-11 and 11 every single year. But, boy, look at all this money I have. You know, to me, I, I just – I don't know, maybe I think differently, but I think it's more valuable to have memories of, of winning and, 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 and things like that than it is to say, well, you know, I never got a chance to play in the Super Bowl and I never got a chance to, uh, you know, even contend for playoffs, mm-hmm. but I have a boatload of money. You know, it, I guess it just, you know, it's just, it's what are, what is your motivation? You know, is, is it money? Is it? Is it rings? Is it, you know, where you play, the guys you play with, whatever the case may be? Yeah, everybody's different, and, and and that proves it. You know, everybody's different. Revis is not – his priority is not winning. It's just, like you said, chasing the money because at the end of the day, he wants to be as financially stable as he can. And, and that's why, to me, NFL will never be on the level of college football. You get the you get some great football in college, but you don't have all the the egos and the money hungry people and, and the divas as much. And and that's why college football to me will always be the best sport in the world until something changes with that. But you know, I'm I'm sick of watching these guys just chase money all the time and, and only care about themselves and not their team or winning actually. It's just I don't know, there I'm I'm sure there's some good players in the NFL too that aren't like that. You see Peyton Manning and some of these guys, they're they're not money hungry people. They just want to play and win. But it's the Revises of the world that that aggravate me. You remember that time he held out uh with the Jets and didn't come to training camp and or the I think it was the spring games and or the uh preseason games he was holding out up too until he got his money. So uh, I I just don't have much respect yeah. for people like that. Yeah, and you know, and it's funny that you bring that up because for whatever reason, the owner, the owner is the one that pushed the, the, the new GM of the Jets to bring him back. 
I mean, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, wanted him back that bad to where they're paying him $48 million guaranteed the first, uh, you know, the first four years or the first three years of his, of his contract. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy, crazy how, but, but why don't you how far you use that to money to get a quarterback, man? Why not? You know what? That's a great question, Tarvin. And, and, uh, I mean, if, if you and I can figure that out, I don't see how these these owners that that are businessmen that are supposed to be, you know, supposed to know the how the business goes, and they still don't get it. They they go for players that you know, uh, based off of personal experience and and based off of well, you know, I liked him when he was here before. Let's bring him back, and it, it so much emotion goes into certain getting certain guys that. You know, you for you forget about the business part of it, and and what's going to be best for the for the franchise, and not just your personal gains, as far as having certain a certain player playing for your team again. So maybe being a you know a guy in the military, I emotion. If I was in that position, I would have no emotional attachment to any player. You you can't you can't allow that. You cannot allow that because your vision becomes blurry and you 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 miss out on the big picture and you know that that's the mistake that the jets make year in and year out and that's why they haven't sniffed the playoffs let alone a super bowl but but you think one time they would sit down and say guys what are we doing wrong here why are we not able to beat new england why are we not able to make the playoffs well i mean it's easy you tried geno smith that's not going to work, and and it's not all Geno Smith. They don't have an offensive-minded coach there, that you know, to give him a fair shot. I'm not going to just blast Geno Smith, but I don't think he's a quarterback that's going to take you to the promised land either. So uh, you think all these draft picks they had and all the quarterbacks available through those drafts to trade up, they would have found one. And, and it's like they put no effort into a quarterback at all. None. Yeah, I mean, again, they're 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 signing all these guys, and, and they're forgetting. That they need to they need to get a guy that can throw the football to Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and and, and these guys and you know I mean it, it's only going to work so well um, you know but if you don't have that quarterback it, it I mean you can have you can have Jerry Rice on one side and Michael Irvin on the other but if you have I mean Matt, like in Buffalo you know and you have Matt Castle who you just who you just traded for throwing the football. It's not going to mean anything. Like, like for example, you know, everybody's you – know, Jacksonville Jaguar fans are excited today because they got Julius Thomas. Well, don't be too excited because Blake Bortles is your quarterback, and that's not a knock on him, but he's so young, Tarvin. You don't know what you're getting with him yet. You know, and, and maybe that's why they brought him in, so you can have a reliable guy like Julius Thomas that he can throw the ball to. So, you know, but – I just, if I'm a Jaguar fan, I'm not, I'm not overly excited about this move just yet. Got to see what you have with Bortles first. I agree. And, and Cuervo, I know we have 20 minutes or so left. What do you want to talk about in the free agency? Uh, anything that caught your eye, attention? You want to talk about? Well, you know, I mean, there's still a couple of guys that are out there that are still negotiating and whatnot. Um, 
you know, I'm curious to see what Mark, what DeMarco Murray is going to do. Is he going to stay in Dallas? Is he going to go to the Raiders or the, or the Jags or, or, you know, what's, what's Murray going to wind up doing? Where's he going to wind up at? You know, my feeling is he'll probably stay in Dallas, I think, based on how well he did last year and, and how well he, he, uh, knows the team and, and things like that. So my, my gut feeling is Tarvin yeah. that he stay he stays with the Cowboys. He needs to get paid, Cuervo, and I heard this too. He he hasn't made any money so far in the NFL and look how how valuable he's been to Dallas. I don't care if you have to go to Tampa Bay or whatever, go get paid on this one. I'm all with Colin Coward. I did listen to his show the other or yesterday I think it was and he was talking about this and I'm I'm in agreement. I mean this guy's been undervalued, underappreciated his entire career. I mean, don't you think in this situation it's time to go get some money? Because you only have a certain amount of years as a running back. Yeah, yeah, and you know, where running back is one of them uh, positions where you get it while you can because your shelf life is a lot shorter than a wide receiver and a corner and a linebacker and or even a quarterback. I mean, you know, and and not just that, but especially with the game is how the game is changing. I mean, the the running back is an afterthought now. You know, I mean, so you can have you can you can. I mean, the Patriots won a Super Bowl with Shane Vereen as their starting running back. So, I mean, what does that tell you? Um, you know, you got you got to have the quarterback to to win. So, um, you know, so yeah, I mean that that's probably the one position I would say go get your money while you can. But, you know, for the other guys, you have you have plenty of time unless you decide to retire early or whatever. But, um, you know, that's the one where I would say go get your money while you can and and whatnot because you're so your shelf life is so short and you know running backs they they I mean they're so um. So you know, many you of can them. work them in so many different ways. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, I I agree. I think I think you you give them you give them the money, um, can. But so yeah, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with Murray, and then obviously, um, I don't know what your thoughts were, but you know, speaking of a guy's getting paid big money, and Dominican Sue going down to Miami, I mean, do you think do you think it was worth, you know, for the Dolphins, was it worth? Uh, signing Sue to that type of contract. I mean, here's again another another team that that they can't get it. They don't get it mentally how to how to win. You, you don't do it by signing these guys like they're doing and just Dominic and Sue's not going to be the the reason Miami makes the playoffs. We agree with that. If they make it this year, it will not be because he was on the team. Oh no! I mean, it's all about Tannehill down there. Um, and and I and I think I think Tannehill's getting better, and I kind of like Tannehill, and I think you know a lot of people that that kind of uh, you know judged the Dolphins for going so high to take Tannehill. Maybe this is the year that it pays off, and and they can show Dolphin fans like, see, this is this in your face. In other words, like this is why we brought him in because. We we felt like he's he's a guy that can take us to um, you know to a higher success rate as a franchise. So if the Dolphins do make it, Tarvin, it's it's all about Tannehill down there. 
Yeah. Hey, and I was going to ask you, has Cam Newton got a new contract yet? I know his contract's up. He's a free agent, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't heard any news on Cam. Uh, I figured, if anything, you would let me know. You're, you're, you are you are the Cam Newton guy. Well, I, I think he's waiting on – I think he's going to be the next in line. I think he was going to let Russell Wilson and all them dictate the market, really, for the quarterbacks. I, I just, I'm just surprised his name hasn't been in mention because, hell, he'd be, a lot, he'd be a good fit for a lot of teams looking for a quarterback because he's already proven – that he can go out, take a team that's bad, and turn them into a playoff team, you know, and, and to get to the playoffs. He hasn't won a Super Bowl or anything, but he's done a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks out there, Cuervo, that we could sit here and talk about that's never, that has never gotten to that, that, that stage, really, of a playoff game. So that's what surprised me. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, Cam is one of those guys, like you said, where um, – he could fit into a lot of different systems because of the dual threat that he is. And, and, you know, he, he's a guy that I think, I think he still has a couple of bad habits. Um, however, I mean, through, through time and, and experience and maturity, he'll, he'll get rid of those bad habits. And, and I think he'll eventually, um, you know, become a top 10 quarterback. I think he's, you know, sniffing just outside top 10. I don't remember my my quarterback rankings when we did them with Sonny, but I think I had Cam sniffing the top 10. So, um, you know, I think I think another year or two from now he'll be there. Yeah, but I do think Carolina's a team. You, we haven't heard them really active in the free agent market. Uh, as far as I can remember, maybe you, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but there's still a lot of needs, and I thought, maybe the wide receiver position would be a place that this, this team would go get someone immediately to come in with Benjamin being young and kind of help him out. I just don't like the, the rookie last year being the number one weapon for Cam Newton. Maybe you could bring a Reggie Wayne or someone in to kind of help uh, mature this kid. Yeah, you know, I've heard the name Reggie Wayne uh, thrown out there a little bit. Um, but uh, for what it's worth, Tarvin, they, they did uh, bring Teddy Ginn Jr. back uh, you know, after he spent the year in, in Arizona. Again, like I said, for what it's worth. Um, but he's back in Carolina now. I think they signed him to uh, two years. Uh, and they did let D'Angelo Williams go, so that's that's a little bit more cap space to maybe bring in another receiver, like you said, Wayne. Or uh, for some reason, if Andre Johnson decides he doesn't want to play with Frank Gore in Indianapolis, maybe that's that's somebody that they could they could look into. Uh, a guy like a guy like Andre, um, you know. So, so there are some options out there for the Panthers, and you know, I think I think it would really help uh, Cam a lot. You know, especially like you said. I mean, having a a second year guy as, as your number one receiver, I just don't know how well that's going to work out. No, it's not going to work out well at all, and. And I know it's not all about the receivers, but you have to be able to keep these NFL defenses from zoning in on just the running game in Cam Newton because the worse his receivers are, the the more times the defense is going to cheat and stop his, you know, up-the-middle run, where if you spread that defense out with some weapons, then Cam Newton can hurt you with his feet at times and that running game. But 
I just don't know. I just think you have to have the right mix of people with the certain skills you have, and I just don't think Carolina's done a very good job of, of doing that. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, no. I mean, I think when it comes to, you know, getting the offensive personnel that they need, or even a little bit on the defensive side, I think they could use a, a corner. But, um, yeah, I just I just don't think the Panthers are aggressive enough, Tarvin. I mean, you look at teams like, the, you know, obviously the Jets are making a lot of moves. And uh, I mean, Kansas City brought in Jeremy Macklin. I thought, I thought, I think Macklin would have been a nice fit for the Panthers as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I just, it, to me, it doesn't feel like the Panthers are aggressive enough. And, and maybe they have a plan. Maybe they're going to use the draft again. But I mean, I mean, it, it's good to be young, Tarvin. But you got to have some wisdom as well. And, and, and I think yep. that's what the Panthers are lacking: is guys with some knowledge and and, and you know some vets that can you know, teach these younger cats to how to how to play the game and how to approach how to approach the game. And uh, I just yeah. don't think the Panthers are, are being very aggressive. They gotta be a little more aggressive especially with now you got now you don't have to worry about Jimmy Graham and you know in that division anymore. Okay. Uh Tampa Bay is the worst team in the NFL. That's why they have the number one pick. Um the Atlanta Falcons lost Terry Douglas, so I mean, you know, their their wide receiving core is a little bit less. Steven Jackson is gone, so not that he meant anything, but I mean, they're losing the, some of their offensive weapons. So, who knows what the Falcons are going to be like next year? Um, and then you have, uh, let's see, who else? Yeah, that's it. Atlanta, New Orleans, and and uh, and Tampa Bay. I mean, this this I mean, the, the Panthers. No pun intended, but they should be pouncing on this opportunity to be aggressive and 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 really try to separate themselves from the exactly that's that exactly Cuervo. I thought about that the other day. Is you look at this division, there's blood in the water. If you're Carolina, you can this is yours. The Saints losing Graham, the Falcons suck, and they'll continue to suck. Tampa Bay suck, so. Here's a chance for you as Carolina to make a few moves, or, or I mean, is it possible they're just content with winning that crappy division and and getting their ass handed to them in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe that's what they want. I don't know, but if you want to win and get past that that first round of the playoffs, you've got to, the defense is fine. If you want to keep adding on to that, you need offensive line, you need receivers right now. If you're Carolina, the running backs look good, but you'd think that they'd smell blood in the water and be able to attack, like you said, the pounce on it. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's what they got to do. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tarvin. They got to – I just – they just got to be – they got to get – they got to get up aggressive, especially, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the guys that are still available. I mean, the, the, yeah. are they going to have to overpay a little bit? Yeah, but it might be worth it in the end. Where, where's Steve Smith at? I know Baltimore let him go. Where is he going to end up? Um, I don't know that he. I don't know that they let him go. Uh, that's news to me well, if thought, they did. Well, I thought I, I thought I heard that. Maybe I'm wrong, but see, I wouldn't take him back if I was Carolina. Would you? After no, that's his... the way it ended there. I mean, that was an ugly divorce between between Steve Smith and the Panthers. But now, who did leave Baltimore was Tory Smith. Maybe that's who you're thinking of. Okay. Uh, okay. Corey, You're right. Corey Smith. 
he he is a uh, San Francisco 49er now, so he he jumped over uh, on that team. Um, bad move for him, but you know, hey, who am I to judge, right? Yeah, think about a sinking ship right now, San Francisco. I mean, what can be done to save this team? I, I just don't, I just don't think it can happen. Bring Jim Harbaugh back, but that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> basically, there's nothing the 49ers can do right now uh, to fix their team. They, I mean, they're they they have just set their franchise back at least five years with the with the with the decisions that they've made and the egos that the that the owner and and the GM have. They have just set their franchise back at least five years. Yeah, I think you're right, buddy. I think you're right. Well, Cuervo, I'm going to have to cut it off. I've got to take Wells to an appointment here. And uh, are y'all going to do a show tonight or this week, any, to discuss the free agent moves? Um, You know, I, I, I'm, if I had to put money on it, Harvin, if anything, we're going to do a Saturday morning uh, break-it-down show. Um, I don't see Sonny being available anytime during the week. So, if anything um, – if if he doesn't set anything up for Saturday morning, then I'll try to jump on there and uh, do something on Saturday morning, a break-it-down show, and uh, we could talk. Because I'm sure between now and Saturday, there will be some more uh, news, you know, that that comes along. So we shall and for everybody that don't know, Sonny is busy, you know, running talk fights in Texas right now. So, you know, even during the week, you know, you got to get paid, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the best time to get paid. I know. So Sonny is is venturing out in the cockfighting world. How's that going for? You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm guessing it's going well. Um, he hasn't been complaining, so. Everybody, everybody knows I'm joking, so I don't want people to think I'm serious. <laughs> but yeah, well, I miss old Sonny being around um, to do radio with. But uh, we're gonna do a show Sunday night. Where if you'd love to join us, that'd be great. We're gonna break down the brackets that come out Sunday, and we're going to talk some uh, free agency as well. So so join okay. us, 830 All right. Eastern. All right, bud. Yeah, you take care. Good, I, I will be there. You too. All right. Take care, my friend. Thanks for having me on. You too. <laughs>